What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Too Much Test Podcast, episode 24. We have a special guest with us today. My name is Tester Levels. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok under that name. I'm also joined, as always, by Sam Stolt. You can find Sam Stolt on all those platforms under Sam Stolt. And I'm also here with David DiMasquita. You can find him on YouTube. Oh, you guys are flexing too? Shit. <laughs> I never flex, but Sam's flexing here. <laughs> you can find David on YouTube under uh, David DiMasquita and Instagram under dynamite, dynamite underscore D. And then we're here with Brian. Um, where can we find you, Brian? On social media, I'm deadbot 2.0. Okay, cool, cool. So... So I've I've talked with Brian before. I've done videos with him. I'm not sure if Sam and and you guys have done videos before, but uh, you're into the same space as us. You know, supplements, working out, TRT, all that stuff. And you just actually launched a brand of supplements, and I found these pretty interesting because they're not like the normal like. I mean, you do have a pre workout, but it's not like you know like a a shredding one. Uh, you know, so it's little different products than I've ever seen. I was looking through the formulations and I thought they looked pretty cool. So maybe you could let us know kind of what inspired you to do this, what some of the ingredients are. All right. So it basically started out from my YouTube channel. I had a lot of guys commenting that they wanted to see me create my own formulations, specifically SARM, since that's what I talk about so much. Uh, but there's a lot of problems logistically as far as, you know, fulfillment, credit card processing, website hosting, et cetera, with, uh, with SARMs. And so I figured I'd start out with pro hormones and, the reason I decided on pro hormones is kind of interesting because um, I've worked with Iron Mac labs quite a bit and I started using some of their products and they're really heavy on the pro hormones. And I realized that I was taking my labs and those pro hormones were affecting my blood levels, especially testosterone way more than what I thought they actually would. And I'd used pro hormones in the past, you know, when super draw was considered a pro hormone and a lot of those other ones. And I love them. And I don't think these really can compare in the current formulations. And so my idea was to create formulations that could kind of be synergistic and recreate specific aspects. Like my test base is a combination of a small amount of one uh, DHEA and four DHEA at a larger dose, kind of to replicate more of a test ethanate type idea. So you get some hardening and you're getting the wetter, you know, four DHEA and there, four Andro in there. And uh, my theory is with that, that you could basically replace the TRT level of test on the standard dose. So I'm hoping that that will work out being on TRT myself. I haven't been able to test it, but I'm hoping to get some guys that actually get labs and give me the feedback. Interesting. I literally just released a video 10 minutes before this about, uh, about this, about like four Andro or one Andro as a test base. Yes. Like I believe it can be done, but from my like point of view, it has to, it has to be temporary just from the standpoint of, you know, the liver, the, the lipids and the, um, I think there was a little bit of potential effect on the, the kidney. So I'm just like, uh, if I'm like on vacation, if I'm doing TRT myself, I'm like, okay, this is perfect vacation. Don't want to bring needles on vacation. Don't want to bring my testosterone on vacation. So let's use a oral version of testosterone that I can utilize for things like that or traveling in the United States because you still get the conversion to that. Do you have other types of uh, or, or like experience with them or anything like that? Other types of pro hormones besides those two? Uh, taken pretty much all of them over the years. I've used seven keto quite a bit for, um, the, the thermogenic factor as far as losing fat, um, that has worked really well for me. I've taken pretty much every variation of the DHEA, you know, from one, four, five, all of those. Um, 11OXO, 
uh, basically you name it, I've taken it. But tell what's your experience with 11 OXO? Because I've heard my buddies utilize that, and that's just literally his favorite. He loves 11 OXO. He's like, Sam, you should you should check this out. It's awesome for burning fat. And but I haven't dove into any data on it, and I haven't tested personally myself yet. What's your experience? It was one of the ingredients I wanted to put in some of my products, but the price point on it is so high right now that um, it's not really marketable. So I decided to replace that with seven keto. Um, basically my experience with it is, yeah, it's a more potent version of uh, seven keto. Uh, I didn't dig real deep into the research after I found out I couldn't carry it. So my understanding is that seven keto actually converts to um, 11 OXO in your system. And that's basically like the amplified version of it. That's just my brief Googling stuff. Yeah, real quick, real quick, just before we jump into deep into these pro hormones. So what exactly is a pro hormone? From my understanding, they are kind of precursors to hormones. Um, Like I know that, you know, uh, back my first experience with any performance enhancing drugs was a pro hormone uh, called Androstein Dion. And Mm -hmm. I ordered that when I was 16 years old. My mom ordered it for me. She didn't know what the fuck it was. I had no idea what it was. I just heard that it built muscle and the website told me that it was safe. So that's what I did. But, um, you know, so I think, so I definitely want Brian to kind of explain this a little bit more, but essentially, you know, there's, there's, there's starter things and there's processes and each of those are different little chemicals. And then they eventually end up being a certain hormone. Um, that, let me know if that's wrong or not, but maybe we just jump in just a little bit basic of what those are for people listening. Okay. Brian, right before you answer, though, shout out to Test Your Level's mom for buying him PEDs. Get <laughs> him in the case. That is amazing. <laughs> okay, Brian, go ahead. Like, what is that, what is the pro hormone stuff? So, <laughs> I'm not Derek. I'm not the science guy, but I like to break everything down simple. So, the way I like to explain this is, you have DHEA is basically this shotgun approach to producing hormones, right? So when you have something like one andro or four andro, it's basically a guided, it's, it's like, if you're familiar with shotguns, like going from no yeah. choke to a modified to a full choke, right? Like you're, you're directing the direction that this is going to convert your body. And so basically they've, they've guided it in specific pathways. So DHA would be like the broadest form of it. And then if you if you break that down, say you said one, four, and seven, I think you had mentioned. So those would be... Kind of how to think about that? Is that my understanding that correct? So I can kind of speak to this really fast. And I'm just going to talk from a high-level point of view really fast. Pronagnolone is the mother of hormones. Then it goes down to DHEA. Then DHEA then splits like you're talking about. It's like a shotgun shot with a buckshot and just spreads out over hormones. Now there's a process. It goes into progesterone. And then progesterone is like basically the starting point. And then it starts splitting off. And then you can either get like, you can get estrone, you can get estradiol, you can get testosterone. Those can start pathwaying down, and next thing you know, like you end up with like DHT, for instance. So it, it's all pathwaying. And what he's essentially saying is, one, they're basically doing these bolt-ons to DHEA is what it sounds like. It's helping to pathway in a in directing the direction of which hormones are going to be hitting. Um, and once it hits down that those pathways, it's going to keep going down the pathways, and it's going to pathway the way it wants it to. One, but they're just at, trying to add some directional effects to it. Um, and I believe that that's pretty much what you were saying, which is pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. That was 
that was the better way of explaining it in a, in a not so broadened aspect. <laughs> if, if you're listening to this, David is, is eating probably like his sixth meal of the day and he's got three protein shaker bottles next to him. So just to paint that picture, <laughs> he's a protein right. machine today. So this one is meth and this was cocaine. I'm in prep. No, it's fine. You do look, you, your face, face looks smaller. Your face Dude, definitely looks smaller. I shaved my face right now. I've actually, I'm so tired lately that I haven't actually shaved. I have like a neck beard. I'm like the, you're talking about dad bod. I'm like human neck beard right now. I'm neck beard 2.0. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty bad. But uh, stepping on stage next weekend for fun. And then I'm really seven weeks out from the actual show to try to go pro. So you're doing so you're doing a fun show now. So you're kind of in prep, and then you're doing another prep for another seven weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna have some fun with it. I'm I'm like lean. I'm lean now. I'm not peeled right now, so I'm not like my traditional conditioning when I'm stepping on stage because I'm known for being really conditioned when I step on stage. But just having some fun with it, man. With caffeine based organism for the next few days to make weight, and then I'll back off my caffeine a little bit and start titrating. So I don't blow out my adrenals early in prep i wanted to um so there's this guy who also owns a another cell phone company who's a chemist that i've been following for a while he goes by the gorilla chemist i don't know if you guys have followed him or anything uh he has a brand um i don't know what his brand is called but he he reads the science and then he'll he'll post stuff about it and it's informative stuff and he posted this the other day and i'd love to hear your guys thoughts because this is brand new information to me uh it's just uh related to melatonin so mega doses of melatonin and and then i'm just going to read this quickly from his post there is virtually no organ toxicity at all in any melatonin dose none they have never come up with the rock solid reason for the one to five mg dosages widely suggested the dosages stated are conservative and based on various conservative thought. There are a group of people in the anti-aging community and the cancer community that are taking up to 200, 200 uh, per day. Uh, what has the higher dosage of melatonin shown in studies? This is crazy. So listen to this. Lower blood pressure, cancer killer, extreme antioxidant eye health, extreme Alzheimer's prevention, plus the benefits of that, uh, extreme cardiac and, and vascular health, raising HDL, lowering LDL, lowering triglycerides, and has been repeatedly shown, and these are rat, rat and mice, like animal studies, to be one of the most powerful longevity supplements and one of the side effects of this mega dosage of the um, melatonin is reduction in visceral fat by up to 60% in a couple of studies. Visceral fat's that fat in your midsection, but underneath, that's the, the dangerous fat. Um, and I found that super fascinating. I take it every day, but I've never tried, I've tried like maybe 10 or 20 milligrams a day. And I'm you know, I'd like to hear what you guys thoughts are. I just read this yesterday night, and I was like, "This is fascinating." It sounds really cool. I've never I've taken melatonin just for sleep, and it kind of works for me. Like, there's times where if I'm real tired, I'll wake up and take some melatonin, and then I kind of lay in bed, and it makes me yawn a lot, which makes my eyes tear, which makes it hard to go to sleep. And then I typically wake up feeling a little groggy after I take melatonin. But that's very interesting. I mean, it sounds like some solid stuff. 
that would be I want to do like a DEXA scan and try that out or whatever. You you had mentioned test levels that there's something you had found a new compound or something like that that you wanted to you were just doing some reading about and you found it very interesting. Yeah, so I was reading that like anabolic steroid book, and uh, they were talking. They were covering. They covered all the normal stuff, and they started covering a lot of these like kind of like you know one-off, tiny little unknown compounds. And it's called methyl trienolone, and it's a methylated version of tren, basically. Oh yeah, um, that's been around for a while. What was that? That's been around forever. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I didn't say that it was new, but it was. It's new to me. And I was just looking at this stuff and I was like, this stuff's crazy. But it was uh, it is one of the most potent anabolics to have ever been synthesized with 120 to 130 times the oral anabolic potency and 60 to 70 times the androgenic potency of the reference, you know, methyl testosterone. And all of this, the same, uh, they haven't tested it. They didn't see it as much in humans, but um, blah, 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 what was the last thing? Could you imagine people all are taking oral trend? They said it was extremely, it had extreme hepatoxicity uh, more than most other ones. And it was the dosages are like one milligram to two milligrams. And it was like extremely like super toxic. So it was never even really tested in humans that much. So I just thought that's crazy. Like trends crazy enough. And now you've got methylated trend that you can take orally. That's just like super freaking potent. I thought you guys would find that interesting. Is is um, injectable trend is the only injectable? If, I don't know if this is accurate, but isn't it the only injectable that affects your liver anyway? Like uh, testosterone doesn't affect your liver, but doesn't all do. uh, injectable trend doesn't affect your liver? It, it does affect your liver. They all affect your liver. Everything affects your liver, Everything but not your liver. It's not going to raise your liver enzymes. If you're on TRT, yeah, well, it doesn't affect your liver enzymes. Where if you take a trend, it does. It'll affect your liver enzymes at some point in time. Downward stream, it will affect your liver at some point. It doesn't yeah, what, from my understanding, is that you know it's not the injectable versions are nowhere even close to the, the oral. No, 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 no. You're no, just no. saying that it does have some effect overall. Hundred percent. Guys on so, TRT aren't getting like fatty livers and sclerosis and stuff like that from their TRT protocol. Um, I'll comment. I'll comment to the methyl trend thing in a second. Uh, melatonin. I was just reading something on it literally yesterday as well. So I'm going to comment to it. It has something to do with blocking the androgenic pathway and conversion of DHT. So maybe in someone like with prostate cancer or something like that, that might actually be helpful. I'm not 100% sure. They're still behind on the research on it. Like they're just starting to do research on high dosages of it. And it's using the older population. It hasn't been used in younger populaces that are applying testosterone and other things into their system. So... It's kind of like what, what do you what do you think about the visceral fat reduction? It affects it, but they're doing it in an older populace. So I don't I don't know I, I don't know the actual mechanic that would be doing that. I don't think that we even know. Like even the people that are doing the studies, they're just noticing this, but I don't know if they know the direct mechanic that's doing it. It has to do with um, the binding to the androgen receptor, where melatonin basically bounces off and it can't bind to the androgen receptor, and it affects the pathway. Um, from the androgen receptor. I, it's really complex. Be, and the thing is, they don't have enough studies and they need macro studies on stuff like that before they actually start grasping. It's kind of like the, our conversation on metformin and berberine. There were so many different mechanisms going on uh, with metformin in particular that they still actually, with 50 something years of macro research, they still don't know all the mechanisms of it. So they'll, they'll eventually figure stuff out, but 
it, it's going to take time. It's very interesting, though. I mean, it's definitely on the forefront. So it could be a huge, huge uh, step in the right direction. So could you imagine like for the last like 30 years, everybody's been like taking one to five, one to 10 milligrams. And now like they're coming out with like the mega dose. Like this is, this is a hundred milligram dose. And you take it for six weeks and you can drop your visceral fat, like and decrease the risk of like. <laughs> it does. Um, I used to get really bad bloody noses and melatonin thins your blood at nighttime. And with the blood pressure change at nighttime too, I used to get a really bad bloody nose. I would wake up with like bloody noses. And then my buddy's like, are you taking melatonin by any chance? And the melatonin was causing, I just immediately cut it out and stopped getting bloody noses. So that, that was one thing. And that could be a positive too, if you need your blood to get thin, right? Um, just like taking Cialis on a daily basis is just great stuff. Um, yeah. Methyl, methyl trend though. Uh, methyl trend is something that you would use in powerlifting, by the way. It is used, not it would be, it is used in powerlifting and uh, fighters would use something like a methyl trend or a very strong high dose like draw um, that makes you very, very aggressive. So like Mike Tyson, when he bit the guy's ear off, I guarantee you he was on something like a methyl trend of some sort where you just get so aggressive and pissed off that you want to kill someone. That's what the fighters were using were, were meth- methylated steroids back then. And also, you don't need it in your system long, right? Like, you can pass a drug test and go pop some methyltrin you're freak. That's crazy. That's I was just reading that, and I was like, this this sounds this shit sounds insane. <laughs> Brian, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to jump back kind of the pro-hormones. So, so far, your store's been open for a while, and I know you're telling us you had some issues with, because the world doesn't like things that are legal, but then to still help you with muscles and losing weight. But what, which one has been your most popular product, and what's in that? So oddly enough, my most popular is the AI, the Androsta. So it's an aromatase inhibitor, which I didn't think that was going to be the most popular, but that's almost doubled the sales on everything else. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I did not expect that. So do you think, so people are looking for like a a natural kind of aromatase inhibitor. And so they're not having to use a Remedex or Aromacin or something like that. Correct. I think what, I think honestly what it is, is I think a lot of the subscribers that I have are using anabolics and so they're trying to find a legal AI that they can get. That's just my assumption. Uh, that would make sense. And what's in that? You said Androsta. Is that, is, is it a mixture of stuff or is it a certain type of compound? No, it's a, a single pro, pro hormone. It's a single ingredient. It's a, uh, I could type it out. It's a scientific name. The Androsta dash three, Five diome seven seventeen Well, if you ever come out with some Androstein, Dion, you let me know because I'll have my mom buy me a bottle for my birthday or something like that. <laughs> Quick, what, you were just talking. Yeah, I was just going to ask Androstenone, Isn't that uh, the first form of methylated testosterone that you could take that was um, not didn't die off in the liver fast enough where you could actually utilize it as testosterone? I think so. Um, I think that's what Mark McGuire was using. Yeah. And it um I'm pretty sure it was the first horn testosterone that they figured out how to methylate it in a way where it survived long enough. Um, and I don't think it was like super liver toxic either, if I remember correctly. Like it was one of the few non-liver toxic, and it wasn't a pro-hormone, it was just a methylated steroid. Just like super draw, it's so funny that you brought up super draw. I think we talked about the history of this maybe in the past. Super draw was never a pro-hormone, and it was but what a company did is they were going through a book of, pro, of steroids that hadn't been utilized and no one had taken Superdol. Like it was, all, it was invented like years and years and years ago and no one ever did it. And they were just like, huh, pro hormone. Threw a label on it and started selling it as a pro hormone, but it's a, it's a straight up steroid. 
It is. <laughs> I think the first bottle I bought was at GNC too. And then for a long time, you could buy it online, you know, under pro hormones and it was Bistral. It was sold by MRSubs.com. That was my favorite supplier back in the day. And, you know, you buy a bottle of it for, for 45 bucks, get two cycles out of it. And man alive, the gains were just insane. Superdraw, I, I don't know. Superdraw is one of the most underrated oral steroids, I think, if you utilize it properly. Um, and I don't really like draws very much. I think Superdraw and Andraw are the only two within the bodybuilding space that actually really make sense as far as draws go. And the issue is the side effects are so prevalent so quickly that it's like in short-term burst and low amounts go such a long way. And so the overabuse and the overuse is what we always talk about on this channel is not there for them, but the utilization of them for like pre-workouts and stuff like that um, in short terms, I think are really fascinating the way, what you can do with them in short periods of time. Yeah, for sure. You take 20 grams of super draw before bench pressing and I mean, you get 50 pounds more, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the one thing that really interested me about super draw and not a lot of guys know this, I'm sure you guys know it, but it causes a prolactin kickback after the end of the cycle. And so for years and years, you know, I was like, okay, I, I got gyno issues that started when I was, you know, in my late teens when I was taking super draw and, you know, I'm checking my estrogen levels. They're, they're not elevated at anything that would be, you know, scary for getting gyno. So what's going on here? And I found somebody had done some research on it and they had tested their prolactin levels, which is something I never thought about. And sure enough, they were spiked. And then, so I started looking into that and I was like, okay, so that explains where my gyno came from. So to test it out, I took some super draw in the past and uh, <laughs> ran a little caber with it. And sure enough, that whacked out the uh, side effect of the gyno. You know, I still got a little itchy nipple and stuff going on, but I didn't get any additional increase in, this, in the mass. So Sam and I have had a lot of prolactin discussions, and it's cool that you brought it up. I don't get gyno from estrogen. Um, I'm not, I don't have gyno, but I only my left nipple. Um, I have like a little itty itty, like that itch you're talking about. Right. And I've always been prolactin sensitive ever since I was a kid, like more fluid in the nipples and stuff like that. I obviously don't know when you're a kid, but, um, and then, uh, I actually when I started taking testosterone replacement therapy, it reduced the swelling in my nipples surprisingly, which is very interesting. Now, when we did, um, we were talking about vitamin B6 as something that can help prolactin control. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like once Sam and I had the discussion, I did my own experiment. We talked about it on the podcast and had a good time. Then all of a sudden, like, I really, like, I started getting uh, some, like, tenderness in there. And I'm like, all right, it's not cutting it anymore. It took caber and, like, immediately kicked it. Well, I'll say this go around, I was having some prolactin issues again. And I figured the sweet spot, finally, with vitamin B6. Um, the issue is, is it's so short in, so short out that you're going to have to do it two times a day. And it has to be like 200 milligrams. The only issue that I have with it, though, is because when you when you start controlling your prolactin levels, um, penis sensitivity goes up so much that it, I would get like random erections, right? And you're having to do it two times a day at 200 milligrams is was was that the sweet spot for me? And if you miss a dose, then your nipples start to get itchy again. I was like, ah, I was like, I'm probably going to use like caber going or something like that. But I'm on a uh, something that's going to raise prolactin levels right now. So you guys obviously know it is. When when they did when they did this, there was a study with B six and Caber, um, and they checked prolactin levels. And this is in humans, not like animals. And they did three hundred milligrams in the study, and they did a split dose. They didn't they didn't like specify in the study like what the split dose was. They just said a split dose throughout the day 
like suburbage similar to that. And so, uh, like, I generally would never remember like the middle of the part of the day one, but I take it in the morning and and in the evening for it. So that's because because like what you said, it's very quick in and out kind of thing. So you know what I mean. Or I guess if you were decide if you're taking something that is very sensitive to prolactin a combo right because you can think of like stacks we we always look at the the fun stacks right like the anabolic stacks like what do you, you put the other different types of anabolics or like hdh or peptides or whatever but we can look at it from the other angle too from like a side effect prevention or like risk prevention type of thing be like okay instead of taking it's a tiny little dose of caber anyway but like what if you took like half of that dose and you added in b6 once a day or i don't know something you know like at least how i was thinking about it brian and i had chatted a couple months ago and brian had an idea i don't know if you remember but uh for a more effective sex stack yeah I actually uh, do, do you remember what that was yeah um, go ahead and i got it written down somewhere in my notes uh Cy Alice and gay porn it was <laughs> <laughs> It was Cialis, um, uh, PT-141, and uh, I don't remember what the other one is. It was a facet dilator. Was it, was, it, was, it e, was, it, was it for Andro or, or was it test suspension that or was, something? Yeah, was for Andro. Cool? So the theory was you get a quick spike in testosterone, you got the blood flow increased from the Cialis, and you have the PT-141 triggering your brain to be uh, horny. And I was like, that's that's unique because I I never thought about it like that. But yeah. Yeah, so that that idea, uh, just to throw it out there for you guys, that came from an article I was reading about the porn star stack. And this is, I guess, something guys do where they're taking uh, test suspension and Cialis and PT-141 prior to doing a shoot. And that way they can maintain it the entire time or, you know, multiple times in a row um, without any kind of issue. And so that's kind of what got the idea going in my mind. You, you know, it's interesting. Part. I just... I just started taking Cialis about two weeks ago, um, you know, only for blood pressure, obviously. But um, it was it was interesting. It was the, so the first time I took it, I got a headache and I was like, man, I really don't want to be one of those guys that gets a headache from this because I did want to take it for like blood pressure and overall longevity. But uh, I haven't gotten it since. So I'm just doing and Sam actually told me the dosage like he takes like 10 milligrams for like blood pressure and stuff. It's an interesting medicine. It's interesting. It's like uh, I'll just say like. After it stays that way for a while, like I'm not used to that. You know, normally you kind of go back to normal pretty soon, but it's it's kind of awkward walking from you know the bed to the bathroom to get a rag, and you're just kind of you know it's kind of you know you're walking with a flagpole, and it's uh. But overall, it's been pretty interesting, and I I do notice there's certain things like if I'm looking at a certain type of website, I'm just like, hey, easy, bud. We're just looking, you know. Like we're not trying to we're not trying to you know complete anything. So yeah, it's an interesting medicine. I, I'm I'm liking it so far. It's fun. Yeah. So I was going to say, so you've had a good experience. Uh, David, you were about to say something. Yeah, I was like going to ask, have you had the awkward experience of like when you're trying to take a dump and add too much pressure to the prostate and then you're like, oh gosh, I'm pissing all over the walls now? Yeah. <laughs> I have not had that yet, luckily. <laughs> you just, it's not fun, but it happens. <laughs> Maybe I'll put up like a splash guard. You know, interestingly, I've only had the issue when I was running a big cycle, but... <laughs> I do have to, in, in the middle of the night, if I go to the bathroom, I don't turn the bathroom light on, but I can't see anything. So I sit down when I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night because otherwise I'm just going to like piss all over because I have no idea. So I just sit down, but like TMI here, but, but what if you wake up with a boner and then like 
you you can't you like have to lean forward to, get to like shove your top into the toilet. So you're talking about porn stars, and that's how you got the idea. So porn stars are also injecting their penises now with the stuff that is like a forced erection. I couldn't imagine how uncomfortable that would be. And then when, what happens when you're done being a porn star? Your penis just doesn't work and you have no nerve endings left in it? I've wondered that too. Well, one thing I, I bet you they probably have, they have used or do use is called Trimix. Have you guys ever heard of that? That's it. So it's it's basically – so there's like multiple versions of it. There's like Bimix, Trimix, Super Trimix, Super Quad Mix, and it's called like an intra intracavernal injection. Long story short, you're injecting on the side of the base of your penis – and depending on the formulation, they're like four different vasodilators. Um, and it's basically for guys that, you know, Cialis and Vi- Viagra just aren't doing the job. So this injection just gets in there and just release, relaxes everything so it can let blood flow in. And it's, it's a cringy thought to think about of injecting your penis. I mean, obviously, you're not doing like an 18-gauge one-and-a-half-inch or something like that. You know, you're using like 31-gauge little insulin syringes. But, um <laughs> But one of the interesting things about that medicine is that, so same idea as with uh, Viagra and Cialis, you know, you can have an erection for four or five hours and it can cause priapism where it fucks up your dick. And uh, so they actually sell an antidote um, so that if that happens, you inject the stuff. It's like every five minutes until the erection goes down. So you're just sitting there with your rock hard dick. And an insulin syringe, and just every five minutes, your, your injection, injection, injection. Well, the, the injected by itself is going to do it, even if you're not, even if you're just doing saline. Just the injection is going to do that. And then, uh, and then I was, I was listening to another podcast where there was a doctor, and he was talking about the procedure for for medically treating priapism. So when people come in and there's nothing else is working, he was saying that they they put like a bunch of towels, like a shit ton of towels. And uh, I think the guy said, like, why is there so many towels? And he's like, you'll see. And I'm assuming they use some type of syringe in the tube to basically drain it so that it doesn't doesn't stay. Anyway, I'm sorry I brought this up. This is such a cringy subject. <laughs> I'm like over here. I'm like, why am I why am I putting these you people know, through this? You know, so PT Brian had mentioned PT one four one, which is like a derivative of Melanotan two. The guy who was doing the research on Melanotan two was he? I think it was in the University of Arizona. And he took, I think it was seven milligrams. And like the dose on that is like one milligram or something. Or, or I take substantially less, like maybe 200 micrograms to one milligram. He took seven and he had the same. I didn't know that was the like technical term for it, but he, he had his dick was hard for, I don't know how many hours he had to go to the hospital and get it drained or whatever that's called. I was like, damn, that's crazy shit. Like, I would just wait that shit out. Like, imagine showing up to the hospital. You're, you're, you're walking to the hospital and your pants are just, like, super, super uncomfortable. But we can talk about something else. Like, I mean, I, I'm just saying I'd call my friends be like, yo, you guys, it's been eight hours. <laughs> that actually makes me go wonder a little bit. You know, they talk about the plasma uh, treatments for you know, fixing erections, whatever. I kind of wonder if that was going to become a more viable option than some of these drugs over a long period of time. What's the, what is that? Is that the PRP? Yeah. And they inject that into your cock. Interesting. There's also another technique that urologists that I have been studying under. He's like maybe one or two doctors in the world, I think, that do it. And it's actually called the Titan. It sounds just like it is. 
So essentially, when your penis stops working, it is essentially a pump. And it's an internal pump to basically pump up the penis. So a lot of blood flow opens the gauge essentially up for it. And he actually warns people, he's like, look, you don't want to pump it too much. He's like, you pump it part of the way. And then basically when you're done, you deflate the pump and it, and, and it allows the blood flow to like come back out of it. So it basically creates an erection for you, for people that cannot get true erections anymore. And I can't really, from the feedback I've had, they're like, it's the best thing ever. I think I saw a video on that the other day and I was on the phone doing something and I should have saved it, but they showed the actual process of them cutting it open and putting these two tubes in there and then a little pump and putting it all back together. So basically you like what you're talking about. And what is that? on your phone you just be like oh time to get high. how do you do that that's <laughs> <Passing> the viagra <laughs> let me just press the whole house like i gotta like instead of unlocking my car like through the app on my phone but hold on a second babe just give me a second yeah. the app's not working right now direction 70 percent, 10 minutes <laughs> you're like hold on push that button <laughs> do they actually put like do they put like a little like a pump like under your skin and you actually like push on a spot I don't no no I don't think you push on it. I think it's literally like like you engage it or you literally straight up pump it. I, I'm not a hundred percent. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's literally like an internal pump, and I don't know if it's electric or how it works. But it's it's like I don't know if it's like where the prostate is. And I would assume for guys that have prostate cancer that have to get their prostates removed, this would be an awesome tool for them because I understand that most of you guys, when they, after have their prostates removed, they have massive issues with erections afterwards. This would be an awesome solution for them. I mean, think about it. Like, you don't want to go out limp, you know? So, interesting on the prostate. And the side effect of the SARM Red 140 has been that it shrinks the prostate. So I'm kind of wondering if there's some oversight there in, in missing out on using that as a remedy. But yeah. Isn't that, that's really interesting. Isn't the issue though with rad 140 is everything else? <laughs> well, well, it's suppression. They're doing, human, they're doing human trials right now with women and, and cancer and using it for women. It's got a lot of promise for a lot of different things. Um, you know, from, from the research I've done and my personal use on, it, I don't think that in a medical setting it's really, uh, it's got a lot of benefits to it. I think on the, you know, experimental side, like we're on, a lot of guys tend to abuse it and that's where it's mm -hmm. getting a bad rap, but I think it has a lot of benefits. One of, one of the side effects that I noticed from using it quite a bit, um, I went through a really bad divorce years ago and I had a lot of gray hair. It was like, you know, half white. And uh, I started using Red 140 and it disappeared. And I didn't really think anything of it, but somebody on my video commented about it. He's like, yeah, your gray hair is gone. He's like, my gray hair disappeared after I started taking Rad 140. Did you notice it about the same time? And so I, I did. I said, no, and that's kind of interesting. So I did a video on it, and I got like dozens of comments of guys saying the same thing. So I think there's a lot of side effects to these, you know, experimental drugs that aren't even being tested because, you know, they're experimental drugs and nobody's doing anything with them. I don't know if that's oh. universal because I've taken Rad 140 twice, and I, I still, it's still right there. It's, it's, you know, it's an interesting, an interesting concept that, you know, that, you know, think about, okay, so they're looking at RAD 140 and they're like, yeah, this isn't approved for human consumption yet because it could possibly do this. Look at the fucking, look at the side effects on shit that is approved by the FDA. The ones where, you know, they tell you all the good shit about it and then they play the happy music and the people are at a fucking picnic and they're like rectal bleeding, liver falling out, permanent blindness, permanent deafness, Alzheimer's, you know, and it's. <laughs> 
My and favorite. I know that that's, that's, you know, people aren't getting like, you know, 90% of the people that take it are getting Alzheimer's and they have to list it all. But still, think about all the negative side effects over all the stuff that is approved by the FDA. But I, these I research like- chemicals, you know, that help build muscle. And real quick, I'll, I was so in that steroid book. They were talking about kind of how in the 90s, the United States started getting real hard, 80s and 90s on steroids. And it seems like it trickled throughout most of like, you know, uh, you know, higher up, you know, more advanced uh, countries like over in Europe. And it's I feel like the American government didn't like steroids for whatever reason. And they kind of pushed that onto a bunch of other countries. So like, you know, Mexico, Thailand, all their shit's free, not free, but I'm saying you can buy shit over the counter. But I mean, is it? Is it like a government conspiracy to keep people pussies? Is it to keep them unhealthy so they buy pharmaceutical drugs? I don't know. I, I'll take off the tin hat. That was, is it a conspiracy if it's the truth? Like, is it still a conspiracy? If it's the truth? It's not. Well, it's I a conspiracy. It's not a theory anymore. Well, in the 90s, the, some of these steroids, what they were approved for, they started having other drugs that could accomplish because they're looking like one-offs, right? That's an issue. Like, these drugs do so much. It's not a one-off drug. I mean, it's just like taking tests and taking masterone and taking this. And how synergistic are they together? You're taking these two to be synergistic, but they're always going to be like, all right, if you take testosterone and if you take testosterone, then testosterone does this. And they're like, what does it do to the process? And it's like a one-off study. They don't have a lot of conglomerate studies. And they were using these drugs for like one-off things. Anadrol was pulled from the market and then they reintroduced it to the market because they're like, well, it's great for anemics. Like, if you're going to die from anemia, we can just give you anadrol, right? And I'm pretty sure it's legal for women as well, by the way, um, because it's anemia. It has nothing to do with being a male or being a female. I mean, usually females are more anemic than men, usually, but um, and to do with methylation issues. So they came out with more drugs. I think drug advancement happened a lot, or maybe there was more payoffs going on, and, and they were forcing down like these these drugs that were had been trying to get done during the cold war if you look at everything lining up a lot of drug experimentation happened during the cold war with super soldiers and steroids became to be um so i think that it was that fact that other drugs came out for instance like masterone and primamolin those are utilized for breast cancer which are phenomenal for men but you can't get it like it's not fda legal anymore and it's great for men but for a woman, it's a highly androgenic drug. So for breast cancer, we have a Remedex and we have Letrozole. I mean, and then you also have a steroidal one, which is Aromacin. But I think that was actually, it's meant for men just in, usually overseas. Over here in the U.S., we don't really use it's too expensive. Um, so I, I think that's what happened in the 90s from like the, through reading through context clues. There was also a, a resurgence in that in 2000, was it five or something when Mark McGuire, Barry Bonds and all that garbage happened? Uh, they they, they yeah. kicked off, and, and then you have the idiots in the media going through and getting any doctor that will talk to them that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about, just saying that, like, this is bad for you. You're going to die. Your, your heart's going to explode. All this, like, untrue garbage. So it was, like, kicked up a notch at that point, again, when all that stuff came out. And now, like... They would grab anybody, any doctor or any garbage study and just put it forth as the truth. So then researchers went through in the opposite direction. And you have this like this uh, decent amount of data that shows like, okay, testosterone, optimal testosterone levels are actually good for your heart. They're good at decreasing cardiovascular risk and like 
all these other things that are, you know, super interesting or whatever, at least shit that I find kind of interesting. You know, David, you're correct. In the book that I was reading, they were saying that the, the FDA would came in and come in and say, well, okay, let's, let's get a little bit more clarity on how well Anadrol is for anemia or whatever it is. And so they, they made them kind of prove that, you know, these medicines were, you know, as good or better than some of the new stuff. And I fully get that. I understand medicine is going to get better over time, but how do you go from, okay, this medicine, medicine isn't as good for breast cancer as some of the new stuff we have. Now it's just a class three freaking, uh, you know, narc or drug, right? Same in the same ranks as ketamine and shit. You know, it's like they took hormone, hormone based medicines, which are helpful. That's why they've been around since the fucking like thirties, but they've turned it into a crime. And I, I, this just pisses me off. So one of my favorite things that happened when they were doing these bands, and then I think Brian wants to say something, um, is they forgot to ban some drugs when they were doing this. If I'm not mistaken, like halo testing or something like that isn't banned, if I'm not mistaken, but it's not being produced. They, I think when they like pulled DECA from the market, DECA was still FDA legal, but you couldn't get it over here. It was only like European countries, and you can't get it manufactured in Europe and shipped to the U.S. for yourself uh, because that's not against – that's against FDA regulations, but it was FDA legal drug. There was like some weird stuff going on at that point in time. And they literally, I swear, they literally legally, they forgot to make certain drugs illegal. Like, just forgot about them. Yeah, I was going to throw out the line there, too, kind of to reinforce what was said earlier about um, things being banned. I know a number of people have gone to, like, Mexico or other countries and gotten shots. I think it was B13 and cured themselves of cancer, right? But that's illegal here. It's a felony to buy it and import it. And, and you look at all the things that the government has banned as far as the pharmaceuticals or the recreational drugs, and most of them aren't causing side effects that they can subscribe another medication for. And, and B13 as in the vitamin, or it's a medicine called B13? Vitamin. No, it's a vitamin. B13, the only way you can get it legally in the U.S. is through apricot seeds, and essentially it's like toxic to us. So you can only, I think it's like three apricot seeds three times a day to get the proper dose. If I'm not mistaken, I think they made, they wrote an entire book on B13, right? I think so. Yeah. Wait, so you're telling yeah. me that a vitamin that's found in apricots is a, is a felony in the United States? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm fucking moving. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I mean, ah. But does anybody have there's people going down to Mexico literally with like stage three to four cancer getting injected for a week and, and if the cancer's gone. That's crazy. There's also like that one, the dog, the dewormer, right? Like that. There's uh, the guy did a whole like he documented his process, and then he started a website to show like, hey, you have stage four of a certain type of cancer. He takes this like uh, veterinarian dewormer because there was a study done in like rats, and they were giving them something, and then they had there was a couple of them who had like. Uh, like a tumors or something like that. And basically the, the conclusion of the study or like they stopped the study, but they like, there was somehow the conclusion, if you read it with like some level of intelligence or insightfulness, you could be like, Oh, well that seems to be that this could be the thing. And he took that from that study and took it and it cured his cancer. And then he's got like dozens and dozens of reports of like helping people through his site. I'm like, Hey, this is what I went through. This is the diet. This is all this kind of stuff from a veterinarian dog or whatever it is, dewormer and how 
certain cancers are developed through the different parasites in us. And this dewormer goes through and kills them and it neutralizes the, um, the cancer goes away and it's, he's got dozens and dozens of like different reports from his website of people curing themselves of cancer. But like at this, at this point, I don't know if anybody actually believes it like much what the FDA says, or, and I don't honestly believe people think the FDA has like the American people's best interests at heart. Like, Come on, they're fucking, it's regulatory capture. They are getting paid by Big Pharma or it is old Big Pharma executives that work there now and they're just transitioning back and forth between Pharma and the FDA. Like, there needs to be a change and like a revolution, in my opinion, on medical freedom because it is trash right now. It is utter trash. Like, I got some stories to share with you guys that we're not recording that would just it's insane what's going on right now. Yeah. I searched I searched B13 for cancer and it says including results for B12 for cancer. And it says, Do you want to only search for B13 cancer? So like even Google is like like that's a that's a perfectly normal search term. Why are you gonna throw in B12? Because you're there's something going on with B13. I'm gonna get some of that shit. Fuck that. <laughs> I'm gonna have that shit on hand. I know you- my wife. I was like, you know what? After this shit kind of cools down with COVID, well, it kind of already is. I was like, I'm going to get some ivermectin. I'm going to get some hydrochloroquine or hydroxychloroquine just to have that shit. I have, uh, I have my, my doctor wrote me a prescript for, uh, for antibiotics just so I have it. Not, that wasn't for like COVID, but it's just if I start feeling sick and it gets real bad, I don't want to wait two or three days to go to the doctor. So I'm just going to start taking that shit, even if it's not the right one. I mean, I'm sure it, I don't think it could hurt really, but. I'm just going to have some of that stuff on hand just in case, you know, because COVID was COVID was pretty mild. If you really look at it from a pandemic standpoint, I mean, granted, I'm not I'm not making light of it or anything like that. But compared to something, you know, you double, you triple, quadruple the, you know, the fatality rate. I mean, that's that's some crazy shit, you know, or double or triple the, uh, you know, how uh, whatever uh, (laughs) you guys know the word. Yeah. So yeah, I have a quick question on pro hormones. Um, this one's for you, Brian. Now, a lot of pro hormones, at least back in the day, were just designer steroids. So they took the steroid molecule and either bolted something onto it or manipulated the molecule to get similar effects like a Dianabol or Anadrol or whatever it was. They were taking steroids and bolting on Um are pro hormones nowadays still like that? Because designer steroids are harsh. I mean, you're talking about like methyl trend, like some of them were like on that level. Um, right. Not maybe not as bad, but I mean, they methylated trend and they, I'm pretty sure, bolted on to methyl trend at some point in time, too. As far as I know, everything that's legal right now, that, like the DHEA based ones, are pretty darn safe. Um, I don't know of anybody who's had any serious side effects from them or, you know, liver issues or sh- serious shutdown or anything like that. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of like as, as safe as you can get with still getting some benefit. I think I don't yeah. know of anything that's on the pro hormone level that's legal right now. Okay. Where do, where do pro hormones stand in like the eye of the law? Because like SARMs are research chemicals and they can be sold as uh, you know, as research products for rats and shit like that. But um, where where do some of these uh you know seven keto one andro where do those fall on like the I mean are they just considered supplements are they considered research chemicals? Yeah, non dietary supplements right now I believe is the classification on them. Nice, I like that. 
Seven Keto is actually a dietary supplement. That's a legal dietary supplement because you can buy that off of Amazon and stuff like that. Perfectly fine. Um, I've actually done my experimentation with Seven Keto. So I don't know. Seven Keto to me, at least at 100 milligrams a day. I don't know. Have you taken a higher than 100 milligrams? Just wondering. I think the highest I went was 200. 200. And did it make a big difference? Because I, at 100 milligrams, I mean, it was if you don't want to hit androgenic pathways and you want extra fat burning and you don't want to take any stimulants, then I think seven keto is a cool addition to add for sure. And I usually just do like hundred milligrams a day, really not that much of change. And for me personally, the diet always was the thing that did the change for me. So I was curious your experience with that. Yeah, I think it's an excellent thermogenic addition to a fat burning complex. In fact, I have it in the fat burning complex I'm coming out with and I have it in my recomp uh, blend, but I think, not to change the subject, but we're almost out of time, but green tea extract is something that's extremely impressive to me. And I think that that's one of the most undervalued supplements out there. The problem is it's so massively underdosed. And, and that's the big problem with most supplements right now is they're so massively underdosed because you can't sell them at the price point you'd have to, to still turn a profit while giving somebody the actual dose. Like green tea extract has to be almost a thousand milligrams a day to hit the research levels. Right. But you see 50 milligrams in a fat burner and oh, it's going to, you're going to shed fat again. Right. Those green oh, tea extracts, I always think of that as a stimulant. Is that is that a stimulant like caffeine? Like no. No. Yeah, yes and no. Like it doesn't have any stimulatory effects, is the cool thing about green tea extract. There is a form of green tea extract, I think, that's actually like from some type of green tea and it has caffeine in it, where like it didn't it's not a complete extract, but the true extract of it is non-stimulatory. And it it is one of the few true fat burners out there. Like you said, actually, I have an entire like fat burning active ingredient stack, and that's one of them. So. Yeah. So, so basically, you need a thousand milligrams for it to be effective. Is that a split dose or is it all at once? I think the research was done with a split dose at 854 milligrams a day, if I remember right. Wow. Yeah. That's like taking a bottle or half a bottle a day because it should not dose that way normally, if I remember correctly. I haven't bought it in a number of years, but like, I've been able to get it pretty concentrated in my supplements here. I, I got the the full thousand milligrams of them, um, but I mean, it's you're taking a couple of pills. There's other stuff mixed in there, but you can get it concentrated enough. What do you notice? Have you noticed results with that? Yeah, when I'm taking a thousand milligram, I've been taking fifteen hundred, and I started leaning out really fast. So, do you think that's more water weight? Is that is that fat burning? What do you what would you attribute that to? I don't. I mean, obviously, I think some of it had to be water weight, but I think it was fat because I was seeing such a difference in my midsection, um, and I don't feel like I'm carrying that much water. You know, I, I get my uh, body scan done at my doctor, and it's not like I'm carrying a lot of extra water weight. I'm, I'm perfectly well hydrated, but it's not like I'm retaining a lot of water. I have a low sodium diet for the most part. Um, and, you know, it, it, when you're losing water weight, my experience has been like the first week on a product, you lose a bunch of water weight, and then it kind of stops, right? And it, with the green tea, I noticed, you know, over the course of a month, I mean, I don't, I didn't get myself tested, but it looked like I lost 3 or 4% body fat over that period of time. My weight was coming down. I was losing about a pound and a half a week and I was maintaining all of my strength and, and everything else. No, and no diet. Did you change anything to your diet or cardio during that time? No. no. Wow. This seems like something I need to try when I start cutting again. So yeah. there, there's a few good fat burning compounds out there that are true fat burning. You can bind, but it's the alpha receptor, um, ephedrine, plumbuterol, albuterol, green tea extract. 
Um, dude, I'm missing some on the stack. Uh, I, th- I don't think D- DNP is kind of more like a poison, right? Yeah. No, it's awesome. It's actually really freaking awesome, in my opinion. It's a, <laughs> my- it's a mitochondrial uncoupler. So I've done that's a couple right. of videos. So that's what's creating your ATP, right? That's what we're going to use for energy. And specifically with DNP, but they've come out with like a, a modified version of DNP with not as many peripheral negative side effects. DNP, think of like putting your car into first gear and driving around 30 miles an hour, right? It's like, right? Like all the time because you're at 30 miles an hour. It's supposed to be in third or fourth gear. Well, that's what's happening with your mitochondria. So you're, you're, you're revving the engine really, really high, but that's where you get that thermogen, that, that like crazy increase in, in your body temperature with DNP. But you're thinking of how inefficient your car is when you do that, right? You're going to blow through gas, right? Because you're just like, there's so many RPMs on it. And that's how DMP does to like burn fat. But it's, I, I know, I think David has a different answer on that, but I'm a big fan. I've been using it for years. Like, <laughs> well, what you just use as an example of DMP is the best analogy I've ever heard of DMP ever. It burns through everything. Like, like your glycogen, your glycogen just gets burned straight through. It just burns through stuff. Um, and it's, it's essentially almost like po- it's really like poison for the body. And it forces the body into overdrive, like he just said, example. But like when you're on high octane, you're just burning through all that gas. That is your carbohydrates that it's burning through. That's pretty cool. So you, you heard it here, folks. Sam's saying that DNP is awesome. You should definitely take it. Uh, if you want to lose weight, that's the way to do it. Um, we're all of us up on time, so I think we're going to wrap this up and throw out our socials. Um, we may do a part two. We may just continue on talking tonight and split it up. I don't know, but you better have to, you have to subscribe to see if we do. Um, if you're watching this, we're on, uh, all the major podcast platforms. If you're listening, we're on YouTube as well. Too much test podcast. Uh, you can find me test your levels on all normal social media, Sam, Sam Stolt, uh, and David D on YouTube and dynamite underscore D on Instagram and Brian shout out your, uh, your brand, um, where we can find your products and find you on social. Just dead 2.0 on YouTube, Instagram. Um, that's pretty much it. Facebook. If you want, you got to shout out your brand name. What's the brand <laughs> name? If people want to find it. Dead 2.0. It's pretty basic. Okay. Oh, that All is right. the brand. Right. We'll look for Dad 2.0. And uh, so thank you guys for listening. As always, like and subscribe, share it with your friends, get jacked and juicy, take the NP according to Sam. But we will see you guys next time. <laughs> Sam shaking his head. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs>